Hi there, I'm Jim. And I'm Charles. Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G, and today we're talking ReggieNet, so joining me is Charles Bristow. Hi, Charles. Good afternoon, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fine. You are an instructional developer here at CTLT. What That's that, right. What does that mean? Um, I'm not sure if it actually means anything. It's my job <laughs> title, but it's my duties have changed so much over the years that I'm not sure how much the title actually matters at this point. Right, uh, right. But primarily what I do is I do a lot of support for ReggieNet for faculty. Yeah. I also teach some of our workshops here, and uh-huh. I do support for a few other things as well. But ReggieNet is the big one on Reg- my list. And and that's evolved over the years because uh, ReggieNet on, on campus has really become, you know, it used to be that the learning management system on campus was uh, kind of optional to teaching. And at least from my experience, still being in the classroom once in a while, uh, I don't know what I would do without either ReggieNet or something like it, a learning management system. So it really has grown over the years. It certainly has. From the changes in systems we've had over the years from WebCT to Blackboard, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was actually still WebCT, but with a different name. Yeah. And once we adopted ReggieNet, um, the the number of faculty that have been using it has steadily been increasing over the years. So it, it really has become an an integral part of of learning and, and teaching here on campus. So our goal today is to talk about um, how teachers, how faculty members can help students learn better through ReggieNet. You know, what are some of the things that they can do? And also just kind of talk a little bit mm-hmm. about what are the things, you know, from your perspective, what are you hearing from faculty? But before we get to all that, um, tell us a little bit about what a learning management system is and specifically um, how ReggieNet's been kind of implemented here on campus? Well, a learning management system, in general terms, it's, it's, a, it's a platform that instructors and students can use to interact in lots of different ways. And most learning management systems have kind of a similar suite of tools that are available, things like submitting assignments, posting a syllabus or posting other files, tests and quizzes. Those general tools are generally available in in the different kinds of of, um, systems that are out there. But it's it's all employed in the the goal of helping our students learn Mm -hmm. the material we'd like them to learn. And, you know, when you talk about it does many things. When I started working here a few years ago, that's what I actually started to appreciate about ReggieNet. Because I had used ReggieNet when it was first introduced on campus around what, 2012 or something like that, I think. That's correct. Uh, and then, um, I mean, in some ways, it really is kind of the, the Swiss army knife of teaching in that you can do a lot of things. There, you know, For example, like surveys. I didn't know you could do surveys in ReggieNet. Uh, you could poll your mm-hmm. students about certain things. So I would always use something like SurveyMonkey or one of those other online, free online applications. But I found that, and maybe SurveyMonkey may have other features that I like that you can't necessarily do in ReggieNet. But there is a real advantage to having all of these different tools, all of these different services in the same place, right? Certainly. Um, so what are what are some of the more popular tools that you uh, that you help faculty members use? Well, certainly 
the the major tools that are kind of part of the default template that's mm -hmm. they're generally popular and and they're frequently used are syllabus mm -hmm. certainly the grade book um assignments forums for doing online discussions and tests and quizzes are probably the the major tools that are used here on campus. And when and I guess to to make sure that we're clear when we say tools, these are the items that appear on the left-hand menu of Reginet when you right. log in. Right, they're part of that main navigation that yeah. you'll see on the left-hand side. Yeah. So, um we're a few weeks into the semester now. Mhm. Mm um I know initially we have a lot of you get a lot of questions probably about how do I publish my syllabus and all, all of those beginning of the semester things. Sure. What do you start to hear from faculty as the semester goes along? Usually a lot of the questions that arise once the semester is really starting to to get going revolve around tests and quizzes. That's mm -hmm. that's probably the most frequent thing I get questions about. Some questions about gradebook as well. But tests and quizzes really does seem to be the the one that generates the most amount of, of questions. And I think in part that's because it, it is one of the more complex tools in ReggieNet mm -hmm. that has lots of different settings. And it's a little bit quirky in the way it works that sometimes throws people off. You know, when I my job here at CTLT, I walk around and, and kind of stick my nose in other people's offices once in a while and find out what's going on. And so on occasion, I will come around and ask, how's ReggieNet feeling? So let me ask you, how's ReggieNet feeling this semester? So far, ReggieNet's feeling pretty well. Uh -huh. uh, we haven't had any problems to date, um, yeah. at least nothing major. Yeah. And we'll yeah. knock wood and hope yeah. that... <laughs> Oops, I'm not supposed to do that. No, no, no. Uh, you can, in that case, you're more than welcome to knock wood on the podcast. So oh, that's okay. okay. Um, so yeah, I think things have been going reasonably well. Right. Um, we haven't seen too many yeah. tickets and... Yeah. yeah. And and we had a little update right before the semester began, but that was basically just a little behind the scenes tuning and, and whatnot. Yeah, if that, I remember correctly. That, that little bit of an update was um primarily just bug fixes right. or, or patches right. as they're sometimes called. Right. Um to fix things again behind the scenes. There weren't any real functional changes that that faculty or students would see right. from the from the user side. Well, I know at some point in the future we'll have you back on and we'll talk about the future of ReggieNet, because I know, you know ReggieNet being based on, uh, what is it, Sakai is the... That's, that's correct. Uh, and there's an update that's kind of in the works the Sakai community's working on, right? Right. So we're currently on version 10.7, right. if you want to know the nitty-gritty details. Sure. Um, version 11 has just been released to kind of the general community, um, and uh, we were talking about possibly... Upgrading to 11 this year, but uh, the the release came out later than they were originally expecting. So we decided between our group and administrative technologies and the powers that be mm -hmm. to hold off on that. The current plan is to do the update at some point next summer. We haven't. but Yeah, there, there are a lot of factors that go into when that actually gets scheduled, including... Yeah. You know, we have to take into account that people are using ReggieNet almost all year round now. There's a winter intercession uh, this year, so they're mm -hmm. they're teaching classes for the first time over winter break. They're online classes, so obviously they're they're probably going to make heavy use of ReggieNet, right? Right. Oh, certainly. So yeah, it's it, the schedule is really tight on when we can squeeze a major update in mm -hmm. because it might be down for a day or two and. We don't want to do that in the middle of a semester. We try not to disrupt things as much as we can, but but the academic schedule has certainly gotten a lot more crowded, 
Sure. And maybe that's something that needs to be looked at by other people than me. Yeah, uh, but to, well, yeah, that's, to, to yeah. build in some time to do some of these things that that mm-hmm. need to get done. Well, it's all related, and going back to the way we started the show today, that that RegiNet has become kind of an integral tool to, uh, to teaching. One thing we wanted to touch on today was maybe some advice that we can give to faculty members that they can give to their students at any point in the semester on how to successfully use RegiNet. And I know that. Um, when I am looking at, uh, for example, social media and students tweeting about ReggieNet or they're on Yik Yak or one of those things, um, mm-hmm. a lot of times, uh, one of the things we still hear about is when students say, uh, I was writing an essay in ReggieNet and it lost my assignment, or I was taking a test uh, or something in ReggieNet and I lost mm-hmm. uh, and, it, and it didn't save my results. So so there's a there's kind of a timeout function, right, in ReggieNet? That's correct. So and and a lot of websites will have this kind of timeout where if you're not interacting with the website, it logs you out of the system. Mm-hmm. And that and that's a security feature. Sure. Um so that somebody doesn't, you know, walk up to an abandoned computer and and get in and But but interacting doesn't necessarily mean what you it doesn't mean just typing, right? That's that's correct, and that's usually what causes students angst about this, is that um, if you're just typing into the editor, that doesn't count as interacting directly with the server. You're really more just interacting with your browser at that point. Right. And so um, one of the things that, that we recommend is that if students are going to be typing in some kind of lengthy um, entry, either for an assignment or possibly a discussion posting, or a very long essay question in in tests and quizzes, Mm -hmm. um, is to save periodically. Or the other option is to, if you're going to have them write a a relatively long um, piece, is to have them write it outside of ReggieNet first, Mm -hmm. and then copy and paste it into the edit box. Right. So they're not spending a lot of time just typing, because... The, the interaction with the server doesn't really happen unless you, you're clicking save to send information to the server. Mm-hmm. And just typing doesn't do that. Right. You're just typing in, the, in that sense, you're just typing into the browser, whereas you really need to send stuff back and forth to the server itself to, to refresh that timeout so it, it doesn't cut you off. So the only way that you know that you're interacting with the server, as you put it, is to hit that save button. Right. And for assignments, there there's a save as draft, so you can right. so so the student can do that periodically within t- the tests and quizzes tool, which is the other place where this really um, comes into play. Is uh-huh. there's always a save button there as well. And where is that located? It's typically like at the bottom of the page. It's right? going to be at the bottom of the page, right? Right. right? So we always recommend to faculty that they try and relay this to their students. To you know, if you're taking a quiz or a test. Mm-hmm. Save early, save often. It's kind of like voting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it depends on where you live for voting. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, um, it seemed appropriate for this state, but or at least this state's reputation. That, I won't. Yes, I yes. won't make any accusations. Yes. But, um, but yeah, to to just make sure you periodically save so that if for some reason either the timeout happens or some other disruption in your internet connection right happens. yeah i yeah. mean it's not just the timeout issue mm-hmm. you could drop your wireless signal or whatever might happen to to interrupt that right. then anything you've done up to that point or at least up to the last save mm-hmm. is retained 
Because if you're taking a test and quiz from the student point of view, if you do get interrupted, as long as the, the time limit hasn't run out, you can re-enter that that test or, or quiz submission and pick up where from where you left off. And when you're talking about time limit there, you're talking about whatever time limit the instructor has set. That's correct. 60 minutes to complete right, this right. assessment or 30 minutes or whatever it might be that, that the instructor has deemed appropriate for that assessment. So back in the, well, I was about to say good old days, but it really was, they weren't really good old days. So last year, so back in 2015, the fall of 2015, we had mm -hmm. some major infrastructure technical problems on campus that really impacted ReggieNet. And as part of that, I remember that we were advising faculty members to keep their tests, when they when they build out quizzes or tests in, in the tests and quizzes tool, to, to keep only a couple of questions per page because you can you can you can subdivide your assessment into pages and each page has a save button at the bottom. So the idea was that the fewer uh, the fewer questions that were being displayed at one time on the screen, the more stable the the, the system was. Um, That's correct. Um, is is that true still, or are there other reasons why you still want to do that? Well, to the best of my knowledge, that's not no longer really necessary. Mm -hmm. There are different reasons why you might want to separate your your assessment into different parts or, or pages mm -hmm. that would be that can then be displayed separately if you so choose. Mm -hmm. um, some instructors um, will choose an option that allow that disallows students from going back to previous pages. Okay, um, so they don't want you know subsequent questions to be able to to influence what they might have answered previously. That's not real common, but but some instructors do do right, that. Right. Um, and then the, the other reason uh, an exam might be uh, separated into parts is if uh, an instructor has created an, an exam using random draw from question pools. Okay. Um, and each random draw from a pool will be a separate part. So those can be put on separate pages as well. Okay. Um, I know another example of of a an instructor who was using um, images with some of their questions, and they would have one image that applied to several questions. So they would display just the the image and those questions on a page, and then okay, we'll move on to the next page. So there are various pedagogical reasons to to mm -hmm. break your exam up as well. So uh, part of Reginit's uh, kind of technical technological update technology update um, over winter break of 2015, I remember, um, it, it seemed to run, and it, actually this may have been before that, um, it, it played better with mobile devices. What advice, though, do we give faculty members that they should tell their students about using ReggieNet on a mobile device? Well, the biggest thing we say is we definitely recommend against using mobile devices to take tests and quizzes. Okay. Um, they definitely seem to be prone to having more issues of of things getting lost, connectivity um, and stuff, connectivity and, yeah. and and things not submitting properly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing we definitely recommend against. Mm -hmm. Actually, most other functions I've I've found I've been able to do on mm -hmm. a mobile device. Sometimes it's kind of hard because just navigating around isn't isn't always the greatest on a small screen, right. but it's usually possible. It's not always easy. Yeah. And someday that may change a little bit, but there, but we, but there are always going to be things that, you know, uh, you can do better on a tablet or on a laptop than you can on a smartphone just because of real estate. Right. Even though smartphones are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the size of dinner plates now and, and stuff like that. 
one other thing I wanted to, to to mention as we wrap up here, I've always I, I I I've always kind of felt like this must be you must have an interesting perspective on uh, Reginet in that by the time people come to talk to you about Reginet, they're probably a little bit frustrated. They certainly can be. <laughs> um, what what are some things you would encourage? Uh, faculty members to keep in mind or, or maybe to do, because we, we've talked before about how um, you and I have both uh, shared stories about how people come to us and we say, oh, but if you'd only come to us. To right. That, that's one of the things I always hate to hear. If I, if I particularly if I run into a, a faculty uh, member in some other setting, you know, right. wherever, and, and they say, oh, I was having a problem with Reginet or, or, or whatever it might be. And, and I say, well, did you call us? And they say, no. It's like, well, why didn't you just call? That's why we're here. Right. We want to be able to help. Right. I, I always hate to hear, or even when somebody does call that they've spent two or three hours trying to figure something out. It's like, don't do that. Just right. just call us and, and we're happy to answer questions. I, I think there's something almost deceptive about systems like Reginet. I don't think it's, I don't think it's unique to Reginet, but I think there's something deceptive about these systems where we think they should be easier to use than they actually are because they are... They're growing more and more complex. Yeah, exactly. And particularly some tools specifically are more complex. So if you start out doing something really easy where it is relatively intuitive and there's Mm -hmm. not a whole lot of of things where you can go wrong, Mm -hmm. and then you move to something else and you think it's going to be just as easy, in that case, maybe it's not. It's a more complex tool and there are a lot more options and, and you can get lost in the woods right, right. Um, because there's a lot more trees yeah. as it were <laughs> right and you know it's not just a little grove anymore it's this big forest and you mm-hmm. can get lost final thought here i know sometimes when people come to us we find that there's actually a bona fide technology issue going on it's not just a how-to issue but it's something's not working oh certainly so, so what do we do then so well it depends on what the the specific problem is but yeah. if it's something that's Kind of in the back end, then we'll get in touch with administrative technologies and have them take a look, particularly right. if it's a more widespread issue than just one individual's, oh, I can't figure out how to do something, but right. maybe there's something and, more and, seriously wrong that, that can be addressed and, and fixed. And, so. and that's where the help desk ticket uh, system comes in. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't we don't inflict that on people for our own perverse pleasure or anything like that. No, uh, I'm but, not thrilled with the system myself. But yeah. but so yeah, if there there is a, a more serious problem then um I'll either have a, a faculty member submit a ticket or I'll I'll submit the ticket on on their behalf. Right. Um but it's in in some ways the the new ticketing system that we have is kind of nice because I can submit a ticket on somebody's behalf and and so they'll get contacted as well when when there's some kind of resolution sure. or update to the ticket um or if if they're requesting more information that right. that comes to both myself and the person I've uh-huh. submitted the ticket on behalf of yeah if I no. phrased that correctly I think you did I think you did I think you phrased it nicely and and by doing that um all that data can then show us trends or show our friends in administrative technologies trends about what's going on and how it's being used and what problems there may be. Right. If there, if there really are specific right. problems as opposed to, oh, it's just, I'm not sure how to do something. Well, Charles, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time. It's been great to have you here. Well, you're quite welcome. I'll be happy to come back some other time. Sounds good. All right. 
That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Let's Talk Teaching. You can find out more about the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology by going to our website, ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. Of course, if you need instructional support for ReggieNet, just click on the big ReggieNet logo right there on the main page. You can also click on Podcast to learn more about Let's Talk Teaching. For Charles Bristow and everyone here at CTLT, thanks for listening. Happy teaching.